fall upon earth to bind their spell. Ere to speed its travel well. Black spirits and white, red spirits and gray, hearken to wine spirits and witches this day. Hello and welcome to Wine, Spirit, and, and Witches. Witches. Merry meet, motherfuckers. This is Shauna. <laughs> and Monica. And we're here to talk about all sorts of witchy shit with you guys tonight. Monica, what are you drinking? Guess. Can you guess what I'm drinking? It's not wine. It's probably a gross beer. It is my Rolling Rock, my favorite. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'm going to talk a lot of shit about it just because I enjoy making fun of you. Go ahead. But you can. doesn't bother me. Go ahead. I, I think that's why I can't. But, but I'm going to be honest. I actually don't mind Merlin Rock. No, it's like, really clean and crisp and delicious. Yeah. I'm not. I really like it. I, I tease you about it and it may not be like the one that I'm going to like exactly go for when I'm buying myself a beer, but I don't hate it. Yeah. It's, not, know? it's pretty good. Yeah. I like it. It's clean. That's yeah. what I like about it. I am drinking my White Claw, which is the same thing I was drinking last week. It is a spiked, like, seltzer water. Yeah, it's nasty. Nasty. Very nasty. (laughs) You think everything's nasty. Well, I had to warm up to it because the first sip I took, I'm like, what? What is this? This is gross. Because I have these weird mixed feelings about seltzer water to begin with, but I I weirdly like it, even though I kind of don't, but I'll drink it anyway. The effervescence, that's good. Yeah. So with this... um, I know a guy that like likes to drink it a lot, and I make fun of him a lot for it. But now I'm actually trying it, and you know what? I'm catching a good buzz. Okay, so, so you're not even worried about the taste anymore, right? It no, doesn't matter. At this point, it doesn't even matter. So they're okay. I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's better than a wine cooler. So you know, go White Claw. Like this is kind of cool. I'm hopping on the hard cider or hard seltzer water. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't like it, but that's me. So you don't, don't like most things. No, I, I don't think like the most list of what you like. Foods and drinks. Yeah, yeah it's very really picky. impossible. We went. We took a coven field trip to New Orleans a couple of years ago, and I was so worried about what the fuck you were gonna eat because you hate <laughs> everything and everything is gr- and you really don't like seafood. No, no. Which is a big thing there. And I, I remember one day I was thinking I was actually really stressing about it at work. Yeah, and our coworker Hovick finally was like, dude, she'll find a cheeseburger or something. Don't worry about it. And he had to, like, actually talk me off of this weird anxiety ledge because I was like, I am going to starve my high priestess for six days. Nah, I found food. You right? said, I don't, what did you eat? I don't know. I don't remember. You survived. I did. All right. If I Even if I didn't eat, it would be okay, you yeah. know? You, you found something. I mean, mostly when you eat, all you do is push your food around your plate and then scry it anyway. Oh, God, so I know. It's terrible. One you know of these not, days, food, I'm so sick of food. I'm just so sick of food lately. Nothing seems to. I like a good, good food that tastes good, and everything is like, I'm so sick of everything. I think one of these days, we are going to actually hold a Wine Spirits and Witches pizza party. Really? Yeah, I think so. Or like a potluck or something that the whole premise of it is going to be that we're just going to see what you see in the food. (laughs) So for everyone listening, think about scryable food. Think about something greasy where the grease leaves imprints on boxes or mashed potatoes. Those are another good one. Um, I've seen her make out words out of sandwiches before. I even scryed the couch once at the store, remember? Yeah, and you saw the word God. 
I did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I remember that. I actually saw a face right here in this curtain that's behind us where we were recording earlier, too. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, okay. it disappeared, but I saw it for a second, then oh, yeah, it I went away. It. I yeah, see, see it. it. Right. Yeah, I see it. I can look at anything and scroll. Yep. I guess that's just going to segue right into our topic for tonight. Our topic is living the magical life. Uh-huh. And it's just basically all of, like, just the witchy things that we do every day and how magic is just kind of weaved into life for us and i think this was actually kind of a tough topic just because at this point i think both of us have lived this magical life so long that to us it's just life natural yeah natural but then we we catch weird things like this like we're scrying a curtain um so the place that we're recording at right now is monica's reading room and it's super adorable and she has these really pretty like burgundy scarlet curtains that i i think are velvet nope they look like it they look like it though but i i saw this face in it earlier when we sat down and now monica sees it and now i'm just kind of staring at it and i'm seeing all sorts of stuff in it and i think that's part of living that magical life is yes absolutely our food and our curtains and yeah my life is not boring i can walk down the street and see things and and I mean, that's always exciting for me. So scrying is, it's a form of divination. And it's basically when you look at something and you see other things in it and you you take them as symbols and you translate it. Right, exactly. So you do it predominantly through tea leaves right. is your specialty. But you do it in basically anything. Like I could give you anything and you'll scry and see stuff. Yeah, stones, trees, bushes, sidewalks, ceilings. I think one day we're just going to take pieces of paper and crumble them up and just see what you see and just like crumbled pieces of paper. I think that would be really fun if people just like thought about something while they crumbled up the paper and then gave it to you and see what you see out of it. Because I bet that'd be a kick-ass reading. You never know. You just never know. I always tell people when I start to try and explain scrying to them that they've all done it because everyone has and that the most common form is cloud scrying where we all we've all done it yeah we look at the clouds and we see all these different things and what makes it different with you is that you either see faces or names or you see symbols where you will see different animal spirits or all sorts of stuff but you know the meanings behind them yes and you're able to weave together either a psychic reading or a story or something through it and get more out of it than just symbols yes absolutely basically if the people that can already start to see stuff if they are able to uh, figure out what the symbols are whether it be by just knowing what's personal to them or by reading books on all the different symbols they'd be able to kind of give themselves grind readings or do them as well yeah and you know it's a good way to do it is to ask a question and um, like I used to ask when I used to work at the school I used to ask what kind of day it was going to be and I'd look up into the sky and see the clouds and see what they would tell me and I would be able to tell whether it was going to be a good day, a hard day, or a lazy day. So that was my forecast for the for the day, looking up into the clouds. That's kind of cool. I like that. I think uh-huh. a lot of people, because um, tarot is pretty common. It's pretty popular. So a lot of people do a card of the day. When I teach tarot classes, I tell my students to do a card of the day. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like your version of a card of the day. Yeah. I do scrying as well. It was something that it took me a minute to pick up uh when i first met monica i had i had been recommended to her by a friend of mine who was like yeah you should check out this monica lady and i actually took a class with her on scrying and divination and guys i didn't see shit she lied through her teeth (laughs) 
lied to me. Lied. I really liked Monica. I thought she was super cool and really nice. And one of my really good friends took the class with me, Robert. We took the class together. And so I was kind of like messing around with him. But like with him, you could see the stuff. I remember one of them was like a candle scrying thing where she had a plate. We each had a plate and a candle and we had to light it and think about something and the candle would drip and like we were supposed to read the wax. Well, Robert had a giant penis in his plate <laughs> and there was no mistaking that. Like even Ray Charles could see that. Right, right. And he was very excited about that giant penis. Um, but everything else in the class, you were like, oh, do you see it? Look, eye, eye, ear, ear, nose. Like, and you would like try and describe it and you were so excited and you totally saw it. And I really wanted you to like me. So I was like, yeah, like I, I totally see it. And I just, I was so full of shit because I didn't see anything. My God, my God. And I pride myself on that class because if you don't see when you come in, you will be seeing by the time you leave. But... I will give you that. So about two months later, I was like on my lunch break at work and I was walking down the street and I saw the goddess in a tree. Like, you know, that like kind of like generic goddess figure Mm -hmm. that you see where her hands are over her head. Right. And I saw it and I was like, holy shit, I'm scrying. And I was so excited that I took a picture of it and then I got off work. And at the time I wasn't working at Green Men yet and I called and you were there. And I got to the store and I ran up to your room just to show you the picture because I was so proud of myself that I finally scribed something. Right, right. And it is exciting. It really is. And once you do it, like it just unlocks everything and you scry all the time. Right, exactly. I even taught mundane people how to scry. Like one of my uh, dear friends, Tommy, his boyfriend, uh, I would go on little nature walks and I would point out the tree spirits to them. And he learned to see them and then he started carving them. Out of wood, he so does he, an he, he, he does an amazing. Even They're my beautiful. daughter, one time when we were going up the hill where I used to live in Sunland, up the steep hill, and there was a bush there, and it was definitely a tree spirit. And I said, "Do you see that?" And um, she says, "I see it." So even my daughter saw the the tree spirit. So yeah, so it's it's just it's this really interesting thing. It took me a minute before I could really do it and now I can and now it's it's weird like I'll just be doing something completely normal and out of the corner of my eye I'll see something and it's got something else in it and I start scrying it uh, I have this really like pretty like but kind of weird tile in my my house where it's like this really shiny granite that almost kind of looks like Labradorite kind of um but you can scry it really easy, and so it's actually really fun. So what I like to do is when it's wet from, like, the kitchen counter when I'm washing dishes or mopping the floor on the floor or something, and I'll look and see what I see in it because it's uh-huh. really fun. Uh, but when you scry, the symbols, like, yeah, you can, like, take a class on symbols. You can read books on symbols. But I personally think it's more important to kind of, like, know your own association because we're all going to associate things differently. True. And true. that's how you have to derive it. So one thing that Monica and I do together is we call it the Mad Psychic Tea Party, and we do it at Green Man where we hold the tea party, and it'll be on different topics, and we'll talk about stuff and teach people things, but then we do tea leaf readings for everybody there. And at the last one, someone came up to me, and they had a dachshund in their cup, like a wiener dog. Uh-huh. And now, usually when I see a dog, like, it's like a very generic dog figure, but this was very specifically a dachshund. And I just stop and go, well, what the fuck does that mean? And being a vet tech, I kind of just relied on my background with that. And I'm like, well, what does a dachshund mean? When I see a dachshund, what's my first thought? My first thought is back problems. 
Uh because those dogs tend to have a lot of back problems and because of that like it's really important to try and avoid stairs and two-story homes and stuff like that with those dogs so i looked at the lady i'm like well you really need to take care of your back right now and she's like i have a back problem that's been flaring up a lot i'm like okay that makes sense i'm like you need to avoid stairs because those are the only two things i think of when i see a dachshund Uh and she said that she was looking for a new place to live and she was gonna she was looking at this apartment and she liked it and it fit into most of her requirements but it was a walk-up like upstairs apartment and she didn't she wasn't sure and i'm like no don't do it so i was really excited because i learned a new symbol for myself so that was a really big like witchy accomplishment that i was really excited about and i got instant validation that i was right because i think it's important that you get like validation on your readings or on your like sigils or whatever you're doing to make sure that it works yeah so now i know what a dachshund means to me and i know that it works for me right and that's eventually you you evolve to that point in the beginning when you're learning how to scry you know you get a generic piece of paper what this means that and if you see this it means that and then as you do it more and more in practice, you evolve to a different level and you do it by association and what it means to you. And it's, it's right on. I'm going right to stop and we're going to just segue into something real quick. I know that you already proclaimed that you hate what I'm drinking, but this is the new flavor. This is the White Claw Black Cherry. And I'm actually What was the other one? That was raspberry. This is black cherry. And I think it tastes good. All like, right. Let's, I'm going to give, give it a, a try. I'm going to give it a try. Hey, that's not bad. See, all right, all right. That's not bad. <laughs> that's better than the raspberry, that's for sure. Black Tastes cherry. Tastes like black cherry. Yeah, it does. Nice. All yeah, right, cool. Not too I'm bad. excited. Okay, good. I feel very accomplished. I found a new thing that Monica thinks is would, not bad. Would I order it as my first choice? Absolutely not. But if it was the last thing in the world to drink, I would drink it. But if I showed up with it and I was like, hey, I didn't buy your shitty rolling rock, <laughs> well, you would give me take shit. Take that back. If I didn't buy your rolling rock that I would drink as my last choice, he would drink this. So I feel I feel accomplished. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm just going to pat myself on the head. I did a good There's job There's this other drink that's called ice. Have you ever had those? Ice? <laughs> Smirnoff ice? No, no, no. Just ice. It's a regular drink. It's just salsa and it's flavoring. A water, watered flavored salsa. Uh-huh. I don't know. Is it but... hard? Is it like spice? No, 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 no. It's, it's just regular. regular and... Okay. They have all different flavors, but the black cherry is the best one. So there you have it. It must be a very strong flavor, you know. Very... It must be. It must be. But the white claw, it's it's yummy. I'm appreciating it. Monica, appreciates I it. actually like that sip. It was not bad. Guys, you don't understand how hard it is to find things that Monica likes. Mm-hmm, I I mm-hmm. encourage everyone to try and suggest or send shit that you think Monica would mm-hmm. like, and I am willing to start placing bets that she's going to hate at least 86% of it. At least. But we will try. We will try. It's a okay. tough cookie. But going back to what we we're talking about, though, is scrying. Like, I, I think that's a huge part of just, like, the everyday magical life. Because you just, like, once you learn how to scry, it's just everywhere. Even uh, Ricky, who is my darling husband and our recording guy who is sitting here giving me this kind of bored kind of annoyed look right now is actually really good at scrying yeah ricky took my class too yes yes he did i am and i did <laughs> you are a witch by proxy you probably know way by more. injection yeah <laughs> i'm doing the injection yeah. <laughs> you're not kidding <laughs> yeah. you know a lot actually about magic and i think like we were just talking about that too i think that's kind of just part of 
living the with a witch. Yeah. Or living with the witch. It comes to the territory of dating or living with a, with a witch. You just start to learn different things that are magical because it's so ingrained in our lives to the point that we think everything we're doing is totally normal and we don't even realize that it's magical right. exactly yeah. but ricky's really great at scrying and it's it's just fun like even if you don't want to do it to like give people readings if you just want to like start kind of gazing at stuff it's just a really fun thing to do and you know you can ask a question and just look around you in nature and see what you see and try to figure out the answer because if you really wanted to find an answer to something, all you have to do is look around. So here's my question to you because one of my favorite things to do is in the morning because I have a like a sunroof in my shower and I have like this like black shower curtain but it's made out of fabric so you can see like little like specks of light come through it. I really like scrying it every morning when I'm brushing my teeth I turn around and I look at it and I'm like what's up today guys mm-hmm. and a lot of times I see faces. Mm-hmm. But they're not faces that I ever like throughout the rest of my day go, holy shit, I saw you in my shower curtain. They're just they're just faces. What what are the faces? Like what who and what am I seeing though? I don't know. What do they look like? Are they look like people? They look like aliens? They look like animals? They, they look like people. They're all like when I say like I see faces, like if it's an animal face, I can kind of identify it. If it was an alien face, I would set my house on fire because I don't fuck with aliens. <laughs> But, like, it's it's just, like, it's people faces. Mostly it's male faces. Mm-hmm. But it's never been something that I can, like, actually identify as who I'm seeing. But I know I'm seeing a face. So I don't really understand, like, how am I actually supposed to translate that? And I'm sure I other mean, people I would have faces. to see it. To, I would have to see it with you so I can translate it. Do you think that sometimes, because I'm sure I'm not the only person that sees this. I'm sure a lot of people do. Is it, like... Am I seeing a person's face of somebody that, like, is significant in this moment in time for me to be friends with, be aware of? Could could this be, like, a deity or, like... It could be. It could be a deity. It could be someone that you're going to meet, someone that you know. I mean, it could be anything. Okay. So you have to just, like, kind of figure it out. Okay. I'm going to start trying to take pictures of it then. Yeah, that, that, like that works. That yeah. There is this um, comic strip artist. Um, I forget his name right now. But he actually had this whole thing on Twitter, and I don't know if it was a hoax or not. I kind of, like, fell off with following it, but it was really interesting where he, like, moved into this apartment, and he started having this weird dreams about this thing, I think, called Dear David. And it was, like, it was, like, this dream of this spirit that was, like, you can ask me three questions, but if you ask me more, like, I'm going to haunt you or kill you or some crazy stuff, I'm going to have to look it up. But he started, like, documenting it on Twitter, and at one point he starts taking pictures and you can see a face in like the glass of a, of a door that's in mm. his apartment. And it was actually really cool because you could see it and everyone's like, oh, my God, because he he's a comic artist. So he had drawn what he saw in his dream. And it legit was this thing in, in the glass that you saw. And I had this like moment of collective proudness of everybody that was like, oh, my God, there's dear David. Just because, like, they all scried it. They yeah. all saw it. Yeah. And I actually need to, like, kind of follow back up with that. Because at some point he said he had another dream and he, like, took a picture. And you could, like, legit see Dear David. And it was pretty terrifying. Mm-hmm. You know that there's there's a scientific uh, explanation for all of this. I don't know what they call it, but I read an article about it. That if you see things and things, it's called this and Whatever. I mean, keep well, the science the, there, you know. What What's the explanation? Like, is it like I don't a thing? Re- really remember what it said. Like, if you 
there's a certain kind of uh, syndrome that if you see things and things, you know, so I don't know. I don't like to read that stuff because I feel what I'm doing is legit. I think it's legit. Like, I mean, you, you've done it this long and you've been accurate and it's gotten you by this far. So even if it is like a syndrome, it's a freaking cool one to have. But I don't agree with that. Just as someone that has struggled with scrying to begin with, it wasn't something that I naturally did. Ricky naturally did it and he uh, just Yeah, some people are very stuff. natural. Yeah, I couldn't. I had to work really hard at it and I lied through my teeth through the entire yeah, class. Yeah, damn. I eventually figured it out though. Like, I, I think it was something that like, it was almost like I've had like hypnosis sessions where like the stuff just has to click. And so like it eventually clicked, but I had a hard time with it wow. for a minute. But now I'm not going to say I'm the greatest at it, but I think I'm pretty damn good. Oh, yeah, you've gotten so much better. Yeah. And so it just but it took time. But I don't feel like you could develop a syndrome like that. So I'm not going to say that like scrying yeah. is a syndrome just because of my own experience with it. Mm-hmm. When I like live my magical life, I... I tend to look at weird things, though, just kind of, like, moving forward of things that seem to, like, happen a lot. And I go, oh, is this, like, is this, is this a thing? Is this a sign? Is this magic? For instance, I'm really clumsy. And so, like, sometimes, like, I just I just hurt myself in really stupid ways. I was walking down the street to work one day and managed to get a nail in my foot. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. In the weirdest place, though, like, even when I went to the doctor to get out, he was like, how did you get it here? I'm like, dude, I don't know. Like, I just managed to pull off really weird, clumsy shit. Um, But sometimes, like, I'll just, I'll drop stuff all the time, which is, I don't don't usually, I call it a case of the dropsies. I don't really get it very often, but when I do, it happens a lot for, like, a week. And then, and every time it starts to happen, I start going like, is this a sign about something? Like, what's up? Why am I doing this? Because I know I'm clumsy, but I don't usually drop stuff. And it's weird because it's just like my hand, like I'm holding whatever it is. And my hand's like, no, no, you're not. And it just lets go. And so I kind of feel like maybe living part of that magical life has made me a little like superstitious, but it's made me hyper aware of some of the stuff that goes on. Yeah. I think it's like learning you to pay attention, pay attention to what you do and where you're walking, what you, you know what I'm saying? Be more aware. Yeah. And it's definitely made me ask more questions because mm-hmm. before, like I would just be like, man, I'm really clumsy and I need to hold on to stuff better. But now I'm like, what am I losing my grip on in life? Or, or you know, and I start kind of wondering what things are. It's made me investigate more and I think have a, have a greater thirst for knowledge. Yeah. Because now I, like, I question everything. Yeah, I mean, I have those days, too, where everything seems to go wrong. You know, like I drop things. I walk into walls. I'm leaving the house. My, my shirt gets caught on the door. Like, why? And I, I really get upset. I really start saying, why? Why is this happening? You know, why is this happening? And I feel like like when I'm trying to leave the house and, the, you know, the door is holding my shirt so I can't leave, like I kind of think, should I step back in for a minute? Maybe I'm. it's a reason why I shouldn't be leaving right now, you know? I had a weird feeling the other day. I was in a, a show, in a burlesque show, that it's, it's not one that I produce, but it's one that I really love to be in. It's called WTF Lesk, and it's just, it's so much fun. It's just such a fun show to be in, and usually I'm never nervous for it because I get really excited to go because I just, I like watching all the dancers. I like everyone that's in it, but I was really nervous, and I was in the dressing room, and I told the producer, I'm like, man, I'm really nervous tonight, and it was a, it was a performance that I've done a hundred times that I know, like, the back of my hand, and they were like, there's no reason for you to be nervous. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I am. 
and I almost tripped when I was on stage. Oh, man. I, like, totally missed my mark, and I, I feel like, I'm sure people saw it, but I played it off like that was okay, but still, like, that was a big thing for me, and then... Um, my bra got stuck on my tights. Yeah, see, stuff see, like that. And it's like, I thought about it when I was on stage and I was like, motherfucker, like, I, this is why I was nervous. Like, it makes sense. And I kind of knew at this point, like, it was kind of nice because at least, like, I feel like intuitively I had that heads up. I'm like, I'm nervous because something's going to go wrong that's never gone wrong before. Uh-huh, uh-huh. What annoys me is I'm like, yeah, cool. Like, thank you for that heads up. But can we, like, develop this a little bit further so that you can be like, heads up. You might want to really watch how you get on that thing so you don't trip. Like, uh-huh. can we just take that warning a little bit further so I can bypass it? Uh-huh. But I do like that at least I get the heads up. Right. Right. And, you know, I'm, I want to remind the audience that living the magical life you you have to ride the magical horse one foot in the mundane one foot in the spiritual keep it balanced because otherwise too much of one thing is no good and you know too much of one thing is never good anything in excess is no good so you just keep one foot in the mundane one foot in the spiritual for the best balance that's that's absolutely how you have to do it because as much as we want to live that spiritual life where everything has magic and meaning, and I, I think at least 98% of the shit in life does, we still live in a mundane world. Right. And so we still, if you if you fall too much into the spiritual and magical side of things, it makes it really hard to function in the mundane world. Yes, it does. And we need to. We need to be able to do that. Yes, we need to do our mundane tasks, like go to the supermarket or go to the bank and get, get in the car, get the gas, and you know, but... Yeah, just keep it balanced. That's the best, for your best outcome, keep it balanced. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, I, I would like to think that I tend to have a good balance of doing that, and I feel like a lot of people around me do. Mm-hmm. I think that sometimes I get a little too mundane. Oh, okay. I think so because, like, I have, I have a lot of friends that aren't magical practitioners, and they believe in it enough that they'll ask me questions. None of them have ever called me lunatics or ever stopped talking to me. So obviously, mm. you know, we're we're okay. They they think it's real on some level. Um I totally lost what I was saying, Ricky. What was I saying? So you were saying about your friends, <laughs> you have friends that are not magical. I have friends that are not magical, but hold on. Pause it. I think I'm I'm a little overly mundane sometimes and it's because I have a lot of like non-magical friends and it's not because that they don't believe in magic because they don't ever tell me that I'm batshit crazy so on some level they know that what I do is real or they believe in it or something I've done readings for all of them at some point someone's come to me and asked something you know so they, they get it a little bit but to me um I, I, you know, I just like kind of live my life and I do my thing and they'll be like, oh, wow, that was like so fucking crazy and like spot on. And I'm like, what do you mean that was spot on? Like what? Or they'll, you know, and I don't realize that I did like a psychic. I psychic so hard, as mm. I say. Um, or, you know, we'll be in a haunted house or something. I'll be like, oh, well, and they'll like get all spooked. I'm like, oh, well, yeah, obviously. Like, didn't you guys like see the thing sitting in the chair or just things that I think are just like super normal or Mm -hmm. weird witchy things. And they're just kind of like, it's, it's a special thing for them. Whereas to me, it's an everyday occurrence. I think that that's pretty awesome that I've gotten that far in my own magical life because I remember when I first started seriously studying magic and I would meet all these like intermediate and expert witches and 
be like, one day I want to be just like you. And holy shit, you live this crazy, magical life. And now, like, here here I am and I'm doing it. And it, it takes me a minute that I have to kind of realize that that's what I'm doing. And so, like, I have to take that step back and be like, dude, you did it. Like, that goal that you had, you're there. Good for you. You know, like, everyone has to give themselves a, pro- a pat on the back sometimes because we, we have our aspirations and our goals. And I think as we get to them, because it's a very subtle progression. Yeah. You know, and then we get there and it's really exciting. And I feel like my non-magical friends help me remember that. Because a lot of times I think I'm a lot more mundane than I really am. <laughs> but at the same time, sometimes people think everything is really mystical. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a fucking ball of lint. Relax. <laughs> well, you know, they're living the magical life one time. And this is a very simple thing to do. It's, it's called an enchantment. And one day I wanted to test it out. And I said, I looked in the mirror and I just said, um, today everyone's going to look at me and they're going to tell me that I look good today. And I just said some words. Maybe I did a rhyme. I don't remember, but it was just words. And that day it worked. I mean, I went into the bank and people were like, oh my God, you look so good today. Did you get your hair cut? No, I didn't. You look so good. Mean women, men, everybody was complimenting me. So that little enchantment, that was that was a fun thing to do. Um, living the magical cooking life. When you cook, putting that magic into the cooking makes the food taste so much better. Right? Oh, that is so true. Right? You put love and magic into the food, and you're going to have an amazing dish for the night. I... I always heard about kitchen witchery and you know it's really silly that I wasn't like really aware of it because I I cook a lot like I am surprisingly domestic I spend probably almost all of my downtime in my kitchen cooking I love it it's a very relaxing thing for me to do and the first time I think I actually spun magic into it without even really thinking about it because I think I became more into kitchen witchery as of lately going duh I'm in the kitchen a lot I might as well make it magical but the first time I did it, I was making gumbo. And whenever you make a roux, you have to stir your roux for like 20 minutes. So mm-hmm. I've just kind of like, I have this practice now. If you have to stir anything for over a minute, like you need to stir some magic into it. So I was alone. So no one would look at me and think I'm crazy. And I was stirring the roux. So I started making sure I made it a point to start clockwise. Mm-hmm. And I just started saying that this is my happiness gumbo and anyone that eats it is in a happy place and they have things to be happy about and kind of just put that blessing out there because you can be happy and not have a bunch of happy shit happening to you. So I want to make sure that there's actually happy things happening to people. And so I did. I stirred my roux. It was cooked. I made the gumbo. Everything's good. And I had a friend come over who doesn't actually like spicy food at all. And I actually call her Princess Spicy because of how much she hates spicy food. And she was hungry. I'm like, well, you know, I've got this gumbo, but it's kind of spicy. I think you're going to hate it. And she tried it. And she's like, it's spicy, but it's good. And I'm just, oh, my God, I'm, I was so hungry. I'm so happy. And she kept using the word happy. And I thought it was so interesting because I'm like, that's legit, like, the word that I I put into this food. Right, right. But at the polar opposite, I remember one time I was talking to my cousin. He's a Marine, and he was just about to come home from his deployment in Iraq, one of his, like, 8 million deployments there. And it was right before his birthday and all this other stuff. And he called me to tell me that his wife uh, divorced him or was going to divorce him. And I, w- I was really, like, upset about the whole thing. I was I'm like, dude, like, couldn't you just, like, wait till you get home to, like, 
spring that on him yeah Yeah. and so i was annoyed and i was just like in a bad mood as he was telling me this and i was just making like fried rice like really basic and by the time that the rice was done it it was around the same time i was done with this phone call with him and the rice was like a gross color it tasted like shit and it was like all of my annoyance and my anger about how everything went down in that situation transferred right to that rice and I looked and I'm like, I, I can't eat this. I can't feed this to someone. I can't feed this bad energy to somebody. I'm like, I can't even feed this to my dogs. And I just, I was like, I have to just throw this away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm a lot more mindful now about like the mood that I'm in when I walk into my kitchen. Yeah. It's very important. What's yes. your favorite kitchen witch thing to do? Um, I just, I just put um, a lot of love and, and magic into my cooking, stirring it three times in things of three three is a very magical number three six or nine um and i like to hum and sing and i think that puts magic into anything if you can tolerate it (laughs) anytime soon monica's humming is kind of like the joke with everybody that knows her or works with her because she will absentmindedly yeah it's it's a bad habit bad habit just hum yeah and sometimes i don't even know what the fuck i'm humming humming and one time I was in the store, and it was like Christmas time with a lot of people. I don't even realize I'm doing it, and I'm humming. And this lady goes, oh, my God, I was just singing that song before. And I was like, no, you weren't, because I don't even know what I was humming. I thought that was so funny, so funny. So. It just, like, became the joke. And so, like, two weird times, well, one weird time and then one funny time, before you were technically my high priestess, but I was still, like, super tight with you, I was covering a lot of your shifts while you were out um, recovering from a surgery. <clears throat> and I don't know why the fuck I started humming, but I, I, I didn't realize I was humming. And finally, our coworker Hovick was like, holy shit, I thought I was going to get a break from this while she was gone. You need to stop it. I'm like, stop what? I didn't even know what he was talking. And that's when I learned that you were humming because he had oh, to point it out God, to me. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it was just funny because everyone's like, you just like picked up right where she left off with that. <laughs> he and- hates when I hum. He catches me all the time, all the time. And I was so proud of myself last week because I really was in check with myself, not humming. And then I failed at the end of the day. And he was like, stop humming. Okay, I'm stopping humming. I'm stopping Last year, we went and we took like a little East Coast vacation together for about like a week and a half or so. And then we come home and I'm back at work. And our other coworker, Jabal, looks at me and he goes, you know, I can tell that you've been hanging out with Monica a lot. I'm like, oh, yeah, why is that? He's like, because you're humming. I was like, oh, damn. I didn't even realize it. But now that you say that magic's humming, whenever everyone gives me shit about humming, I'm just going to say, no, I'm just doing witchcraft. Mind your business. You know, it's really funny because sometimes there's a song on the radio when I'm at work and I want to sing the song. I don't have that bad of a voice. I mean, I can keep it tuned, carry it tune. I'm not off key. And Hovick flips out. I can't even sing a song. He freaks out. Bad Hovick, bad Hovick. Hovick, in case you're with, you're listening, we love you. Yeah, we love you, but... I you love know, you. You're, you're my, my work husband. I love talking shit to you. I love working with you. We both collectively love talking shit to Monica about her humming. I got you, bro. I got you. Yeah. But how is humming magical? Like, let's put this magic spin on it so that we can stop they making fun of you. They say it's very healing. I okay. read an article about it, and they say it's very healing. If you hum, you're probably doing some healing on yourself. Which I, like I guess I need a lot of healing <laughs> because I'm humming all the time. 
Um, you know what? Talking about signs in nature, signs in life that, that is uh, magical. Like there are things that appear to you, like animals are very magical. And when certain animals appear to you over and over again, they're trying to tell you something. There's messages. Can I just say that, as you said, when animals appear to you and then one of your dogs just jumped up into my lap right in that moment. Yeah. So I have a dog appearing to me. What does that mean? That means you have a good friend around you. I do. His name's Wolfman. He's quite handsome. He's guys. a beauty. He's a beauty. But when animals come in and you just start seeing the same animal in different, different realm, like different areas, like on a billboard, like there's an owl, then you open a magazine and there's an owl, then you're walking down the street and you see an owl. That's not a coincidence. That's trying to nudge you to figure out what are they trying to tell me. So signs in nature, that's kind of magical trying to figure out what the messages are. Absolutely. And I will say from my own experiences that I've had animals pop up in weird ways because living in Los Angeles, it's not like we have exactly like an abundance of wild animals everywhere. But I would notice, for instance, the word fox kept coming up where people kept calling guys foxes, which was just kind of like not something I would hear all the time. And then I saw a fox on TV, and then I think this is when I was taking one of your classes, and then you started talking about spirit animals. You mentioned a fox, and then I went to go to this bar that was called the Fox and the Hound. So it was just foxes everywhere. And I was like, whoa. Like, so it happens in, like, weird ways. So don't limit yourself if you live in an area that doesn't have a lot of animals. Like, they'll find ways to reappear over and over and over again to you. And I I found that there's a lot of books that are really helpful yes. with it. And I think my favorite is Animal Speak and Animal Wise by Ted Andrews. Absolutely. That's where I learned about all my animals from. Yes. And it's it's they're both really great books where they get into the magical purpose of the book. And it gets into also just like the habit or the magical purpose of the book. I meant the magical purpose of the animal. Mm -hmm. um, but it also gets into like some of the habits and behaviors of the animals right. too. Which I like because it is then linked to the meaning of the animals. So it makes a lot of sense, too. Yes. So I think those are really great books. If you're trying to, like, pick apart the animal spirits that you see, there's another really great book. And for the life of me right now, I can't think of the author of it, but it's the Pocket Spirit Animal That's book. That's by Ted Andrews, too. No, it's not. This one's Oh, another one? Okay. Doctor yeah. something. I forget what it is. I will try and take a picture of it because I have it in uh, my reading room at work. Uh -huh. And I keep it there because I use it so much that so I will try and take a picture of it and put it on the Instagram. You know, same thing with numbers. People always talk to me about numbers in nature. Numbers. I keep on seeing the same numbers. I keep on seeing triple numbers, double numbers. What does it mean? And there are messages. If you keep on seeing it, look it up online. There's a great reference online. Some of them are angelic messages. Some of them are, are not. But it's... um. It's really magical because, you know, they're trying to nudge you and get your attention for something. So be aware as you walk your walk, as you walk your magical life and your path, that you are aware of the signs that are being posed to you. Absolutely. And going forth with numbers, just because numbers are a really big thing and just yeah. our everyday life. When I started learning about numerology, like it kind of blew my mind because, I mean, we could break everything down to numbers the same way we could break everything down to math. I wish that they had like blended numerology into my math classes in college and high school. I probably would have been a little bit more interested, but 
there's numbers in everything. And so I started becoming a lot more aware of the numbers of the addresses that I would see the dates. Dates were a really big one. Numbers of things on receipts, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like when, like this past August, it was 8-8, which we have every year. But like this was one where I was a little bit more aware that it was 8-8. And I know that that's a really great money and fortune and business number in right. astrology. So it was a double A. So it's like a double whammy. So I made sure to do a business candle and a money candle just in regards to my career during that day. And so I was a little bit more aware of it that way. So learning about numerologies helped me kind of work with dates that way so whenever we have like reoccurring numbers like one one two two like i'm trying to make sure to look at the number and its correspondences what it means and if we have a double whammy day like january 1st february 2nd how can i work that magical date to my advantage and i feel like this past august was my first time really doing that and i am really happy to say that i really think i've seen results mm-hmm. well I got to tell you about omens in nature. My mom always used to teach me that whenever there's a dead bird on your porch of your house, that means someone's going to die. And sure enough, every time there was a dead bird, I would go into this panic mode. And um, years ago, it happened again. It was Christmas Day, I'll never forget. And on the porch was this beautiful... multicolored bird I don't even know where it came from but it was dead it was on the porch and I said oh shit someone's gonna die and sure enough the very next day someone died that I knew it was my uh, brother-in-law at that point um so whenever I see <laughs> I don't want to see any dead birds on my porch you know and like and you know that is totally totally like I pass that down to my children and they know the omen as well but that's a, like a superstitious omen but it it's true. You know, I've heard that actually from one of my superstitious yet non-magical friends, but it was a little different. Instead of the dead bird being on your porch, it was if you see a dead bird. And so with her, she was driving on the freeway and a bird like flew into her windshield and died. And she was like, oh, fuck, someone's gonna die. And she was like so worried about it. And they were driving home from a road trip. So her and her husband get home and she was really still kind of like it was in the back of her head. She was worried about somebody dying. She kept trying to tell herself, oh, well, this is silly. And they got a letter from their insurance company that their insurance agent had died. Oh, wow. And she said, oh, honey, like, you know, so-and-so died. But they the name of their, like, pet beta fish was the same name as their insurance agent. So she's like, hey, like, he died. And he's like, no, like, the fish is right here. She's like, no, I don't mean the fish. I mean the human. Oh, wow. You know, my Cuban witch friend, Marisol, hopefully someday you'll be listening to this. She, talking about the animals, she had a turtle that she used to let roam free in her apartment because she said it was cleansing the apartment by letting the the turtle roam free. Isn't that weird? That's really interesting. I'm going to try and remember that because my association with people letting their turtles roam free is when I lived in this apartment building my downstairs neighbor had like this giant turtle like it must have been really old because it was pretty big and she would let it roam free in her apartment and I would walk home from school every day and about at least three blocks from the apartment I'd see this little fucker walking down the street trying to escape and so it just became like part of my just like daily routine I'd walk home from school and I'd get to like a certain street light and I'd see the turtle and I'd walk up and I'd pick him up and I'd stick him under my arm and take him home and bring him back to her 
So I never necessarily thought it was cleansing, but I'm going to try and like yeah, keep that in mind. Yeah, but that's what she told me. That's what she I like told that. Me. Yeah. I got I I was lucky enough to meet Marisol and she actually taught me um two really cool things that I keep in the back of my head now at all times is one whenever you walk out of a cemetery, you walk out of it backwards and you keep your eyes closed so that the spirits don't follow you. Ah. Oh. And you know, we always hear like these different things that are either magical or superstitious, but that one stuck with me. And I actually really like going to cemeteries. I think they're very beautiful. I think they're very peaceful. And so now whenever I leave one, if I'm walking out of it, I remember that. And I turn around, I close my eyes, and I walk out of the gateway with it. Wow. And the other one that she taught me was you put a white cloth on the back of your yes, neck when right. you're doing healing work. And healing work is a really big part of what I do in my nine to five job at Green Man, being a Reiki and Joe Ray and other types of modality practitioner. Yes. And I always started thinking about that. So now I actually keep a white saran in the oh, healing nice. room yeah. so that I put it over my neck. Yeah. She always yells at me. Make sure you put a white handkerchief on the back of your neck. Make sure, make sure. But is it something that you're supposed to do when you're practicing magic in general or just healing? Because I only no, do no, it for magic, healing. doing readings and everything, she said. Okay. Yeah, she said just protect yourself because that's a very that's a that's an open space back there, and anything can get back in, get in there, you know. You know, it's interesting because whenever I'm around people that like, because I think you encounter magic and healing in different parts of your life, and you don't realize it, and you're just like, you know, at a restaurant or something, something starts happening, you can kind of feel the magic spinning. So if I don't have a white cloth, if I feel like I'm doing something magical or it just feels like a little weird, I'll put the in my hand on the back of my neck uh -huh. and I'll start like circling my finger in a counterclockwise motion like okay I'm gonna like close this down oh wow so that's one thing that I'll start to do well another thing that you can do a little magical tip here is when you're um what is it empath that's the word I'm thinking about empaths okay. yeah so you know em being empathic you pick up on people's emotions and yeah. or what they are and sometimes you can pick up on the illnesses mm -hmm. so instead of being in lieu of being rude and saying look I don't want to talk to you about your depressing stories or your illnesses simply cross off cross your finger cross your arms cross your hands or cross your legs yes yeah, sit with your legs shuts, crossed shuts down the chakras nothing can get in just you a know, little magical tip that's a really wonderful one, too, because I remember you have taught me that. And I think you've taught a lot of people at Green yes, Man. Yes, I have. And yes. I know that we, we all have done it from time to time. And it's this wonderful thing that I've had to do, just like not even like in a mean way where I'm like, I don't want to know your shit. It wasn't someone that was an energy vampire. It's just like I can really feel something coming off the person. So when I'm sitting down, I'll just cross my legs and then I don't have to feel it anymore. Right, exactly. When I first started taking classes with you... Before I really needed to, well, every time I would come directly from work to class at the time I was a vet tech, which was a little bit more of a physically demanding job. And I'd sit down onto the couch and getting ready for class and my knee would start to hurt and it would hurt so bad. And I didn't know that you had bad knees at the time. Mm -hmm. And one day you looked at me and you're like, is your knee hurting? And I said, yeah, but I don't know why. And you looked at me and you're like, you better stop that shit. And I didn't at the time know what you meant. But then like as time went on, I figured it out. And yeah, it's absolutely a thing that a lot of empaths have where they start to take on all of these yes. problems and feelings. Um, I think a really common one that a lot of us go through, because I think being an empath is actually relatively common, uh -huh. is being in a large crowd, whether you're at like Disneyland or a concert. At least for me, I get, I, if I'm not properly like psychically protected, I get overwhelmed and I can be just like agitated because there's just too much happening too much energy at once. You, yeah. Right? And so like I just become agitated. So 
a thing that I always tell people to do is put their psychic bubble up. Uh-huh. And so when we talk about a psychic bubble, it's like almost just like that. It's a bubble of energy that you put up. And I always tell people to like imagine something or someone that annoys you or is overwhelming to you on the other side of this bubble. And you imagine their words coming at you like arrows, but they just bounce off. Mm-hmm. Like So that way you can interact with the person. You can still sense the energy. You're not shutting anything off. Right. Another thing you can do to protect yourself is um, visualize uh, armor and stepping into that armor so nothing can penetrate. That's a good protective measurement as well. I think you did that once as a... As a path working, yeah. Yes, and it works really it well. it was really great. Yeah, it works really, really good. It does yeah, work. That, that's been a really wonderful one to do. Maybe one of these days we will make sure that we are in in like a quiet space and we'll try and see if we can manage to pull off a recorded path where he didn't yeah do that. i would like I to do it's... that for for the audience a path working and see what and get the feedback on that and see where uh where they we took them and how what messages they got sure that sounds like a deal yeah because it was the i think that was a really valuable one because i think one of the number one things that people need to know about whether they want to know about it or they just come in overwhelmed is is psychic protection and boundaries and i think that's something that i really have to put into my daily life and i think a lot of people do because we are like i said empaths are are very common where a lot of us are empaths and we get impacted by all this different energy and it's it's a little overwhelming but it doesn't have to be and it doesn't have to be seen as like a curse you know like you just have to know how to manage it you know and and being um a psychic and a reader i mean you have to be open to receive the information from that the other party but you have to protect yourself at at the same time yeah absolutely and there there really is i think at least with my experience with how i've been able to work that psychic bubble I've been able to do that where I've been able to experience what I need to know is coming off of the person and to understand and grasp the situation while not taking it on as my own. Like now I have learned the art of psychic protection where I can hang out with you and not have my knees hurt. For instance, as mm-hmm, when I first mm-hmm. met you when I wasn't as experienced, I couldn't do that. Right. Right. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes we put our guard down we get comfortable, we get complacent, we put our guard down at the store one time I you know there was a couple in there and I I really wasn't feeling anything negative per se from them but after they left I felt like I was going to pass out I had to actually lay down on the couch because I was spinning I mean I don't know what and I feel it was coming from the man I kind of figured that out but I don't know what they did but they, they just zapped me and I was like oh man that was my lesson learned always keep the protection up always because you never know what you're going to run into yeah you never know what you're going to run into and also guys don't feel bad and start questioning yourself if you are one of the people that can kind of leave people spinning because i think sometimes that also happens to the best of us because you know what shit happens and life gets overwhelming and sometimes we our energy is a little much and it's not our fault it's just we're going through something that's a little intense so yeah like you want to try and make sure that like your energy is in line and you're not like zapping people but it's also up to you to protect yourself to make sure people aren't zapping you we, me and and a really good friend of mine will call each other to like vent or have an epiphany or whatever it is we're doing and i think it's really cool and respectful that we go hey do you have the space for this 
like he started that and i thought it was really cool that he's like do you have like the mental and emotional capacity to deal with this i was like yeah i do and then i called him to like vent about something and about three sentences and i'm like wait a minute do you have a space for this? Like, can you handle my bitching right now? Yeah, because some people it, don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it, and it it, it takes it's it's energy. Like when you like vent and complain to a friend, like that's that's throwing energy at them, you know. And so I, knowing especially that this person was a magical person, I was like, do you have the energy for my bitching right now? Can you do this? And he stopped and he thought about it, and he was like, yeah, I do. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I continued. So I, that is like me trying to be a little bit more aware of my energy and where I throw it to is asking people if they, they have the space for it. Yeah. The other night I was on the phone with my daughter and I was complaining a little bit about something and she very politely, which is unusual for my daughter because she's usually very blunt and forward. She just said, mom, you know what? I'm sorry, but I just can't listen to this right now because I am overwhelmed with my own stuff going on and I just can't take on another thing and I understood that and I was like okay I get it I'm sorry you know I stopped talking about my complaints so yeah you know she was just straightforward and said you know but she said it nicely you know I just can't handle it mom and I think that's cool though because your your daughters I I think your daughters are very magical but they would probably disagree with me when they say that but that's cool that they found a way to put that energetic and magical boundary up yes you know yes I think that's rad I know that we're coming to the end of our time right now, but I do have one more question for you that I want to ask um, is when it comes to just living the magical life, because I think we talked a lot about signs and just different vibes and different things that we kind of get that are things that probably everybody gets in their life. And now they know that everybody lives a little bit of the magical life, whether we think we are or not. What's your favorite form of everyday magic? You know, I love in the shower, shower magic, cleansing. So I cleanse, you know, you use a certain smelling uh, body wash or stuff and then cleansing, getting ready for the day, a real big cleanse from the night before and everything that you carry, taking a magical shower and singing and humming in it at the same time. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes, I love it. What's yours? Hum all the things. Um, I think one of my favorite things to do, and it's one of the things that I do periodically throughout the day, because I feel like I do have like little, little tiny rituals, but one that I do is I always like to keep a spray bottle with Florida water, and either it's just all Florida water, or sometimes it's Florida water and rose water, and I'll spray myself down with it, and I have one at home, and I have one at work, and sometimes I'll even have like a little bottle in my purse. And it helps ground me and cleanse me. So if I've had a run-in with someone that's particularly negative negative, or if I have just had a hell of a day and I'm just in a funky mood and I can kind of catch myself before I spin into like a really bad mood, I'll spray it around the room and I will spray it into my hand and real fast while the water is still real cold because it's mostly like a rubbing alcohol base. I'll slap it on the back of my neck where it's really cold. Mm. So it kind of like grounds me down just to kind of be like, hey, snap out of it. Mm -hmm. Like you're cool. And so it's like a little cleanse and it's a little bit of like this grounding and it secures my space so that I am still in control of my surroundings and myself. Mm -hmm. So that's That's like a good one. Yeah. My little one that I like to use, I think, throughout the day that I employ quite often. That's very good. That's very good. And, you know, little things like carrying stones with you for protection or for love or, you know, something like something in your pocket, like a medal or something. Oh, yeah. I I select my jewelry every day according to how I'm feeling or where I'm going, whether it be like 
because it's a crystal on a bracelet or if it's like a special like I have a, a bat necklace that my best friend and I we each have one it's like our friendship necklace so like when I need love or friendship you know and that comfort I I will wear that necklace another thing that's magical um is the colors that you choose to wear for the day like if you really want to be powerful and you need like that fire energy wearing red is definitely a statement for sure Yep, or when you need extra protection, you black. Can always wear black. Always, which always. is I think like our go-to colors anyway. Which is really a son of a bitch because pet hair really just clashes with black. I'm but telling pets you. and witchcraft just go hand in hand anyway. Yeah, what what's a witch without some hair on her her, her dress or her shirt? I always <laughs> say that pet hair is what holds my house up. There you go. There you go. I think we got we got nicely into like the little subtleties of the magical life because at the end of the day, being a witch, you're still just a person. That's right. That's so right. So a lot of this was stuff that I think, or I hope at least, that normal people yeah. can relate to. And it's because in one way or another, we're all human. We're all magical, whether we like to think so or not. And on that note. Merry meet. Merry part. And, and merry, merry meet, meet again. again.